Good evening and welcome. Tonight we have something different for me. A collection of true scary stories told in the rain. I'm going to limit the ads so that you can enjoy listening to this whilst you sleep or simply relax. If you want to see more of these, leave a comment down below so I know. Anyway, without further ado, let's begin. A few years back I rented an apartment from a friend of mine. He had recently bought it and had it completely renovated. He put it up for sale but couldn't find a buyer so I offered to rent it in the meantime. After moving in I realised there was something wrong with the lady next door. She was about 45 but looked much older. She would sit up all night listening to Christian radio shows and talking loudly to someone. It got to the point where I couldn't sleep so I went over to her place and asked her to keep it down. She opened her door and I got a quick peek. Her walls all had crosses painted on them in different colours, and words like Jesus and angels scribbled everywhere. The windows were painted black, letting no light in at all. It was damp, yellow, stained 50-year-old carpets, dog shit and cockroaches everywhere. No dog though. I asked her to please keep it down, she looked at me and shut the door, then she turned up the radio even louder. The next night I had my girlfriend staying over. I wake up in the middle of the night and see a shadow of a person next to the bed looking at us sleeping. I think I'm hallucinating as I usually do in the dark when I'm sleeping. But then the shadow starts talking. It's my neighbour and she's holding something in her hand. She broke in during the night and who knows how long she stood there. You should lock your door at night, she says, and walks out. The next morning, I hear someone making strange noises below my bedroom window. It's my neighbour, talking to herself in tongue. She has a plastic bag in her hand with her rotting dead dog inside. It's hot as hell outside and I can smell death from the bag. At this point, I'm scared shitless. She's obviously very mentally unwell. I go upstairs and knock on another person's door and ask what the hell is going on. The guy is as scared as me. Apparently she broke into his apartment one evening as well while he was watching TV with his kids. He got up from the couch to get a snack only to find her behind the couch staring at him, holding a power drill. At this stage I am basically shitting myself. I call the cops and they know all about her. Apparently she is a violent schizo and she hasn't taken her meds but they can't force her or enter her apartment without her permission because she owns it. The only thing they can do is get her when she goes outside. I sit up for the next two days waiting for her to run out of cigarettes. When I hear her leave at 2am to go across the road to the 7-Eleven, I call the cops. They have three cars and a special van over in less than two minutes. They restrain her and throw her in the van and drive off to some institution, and in less than a minute, it's like she was never there. I've never seen her again, but I still have nightmares about her looking at me in my sleep. Up until I was about eight or so, I lived in a really old house that, since the beginning of time, had been bounced around from relative to relative until eventually my mother had been handed over the keys. It was basically a shit heap. Two stories, a collapsed balcony on the second level. Mould and mildew all over most of the ceilings. One tiny bathroom and the toilet was outside, 
overrun with frogs and spiders and whatever other kind of hellspawn the Australian outback would throw at us. I was terrified as a child, scared of basically everything. I'm much better now and have much bigger balls than most of my friends, if I do say so myself. Nonetheless, I would probably have to put the blame on this old house of mine. I remembered as a child that I would always have the same dream. I'd start in the kitchen, no idea how I got there of course. It was during the day, probably late in the afternoon. Nobody was around, so naturally I'd go looking for my mother and father. I'd go to all the normal places. Mum wasn't in the laundry, shed or the lounge room. Dad wasn't on the patio outside or up the back at the chicken coop. And my sister wasn't around either. I was starting to get worried, thinking that everyone was gone and they'd left me alone. Until I heard a noise above me, coming from the second floor, where the bedrooms are. Believed, I darted towards the stairs and jumped on the first step. Then I felt it. There was something in the back of my head, making me stop. Legs still raised up, I prepared to move on to the second step. Something telling me that I shouldn't go up there. Of course this thought was running rampant in my mind. Don't go up there, don't go up there, stay down here, don't go up there, there's something up there. Finally my leg dropped before I could reconsider. I pushed myself up those stairs, and even though I didn't want to anymore, I couldn't stop myself. Only slow down. Each step up was taking an agonisingly slow pace, and I wanted so bad just to go back downstairs and find someone, run to my grandparents' house and stay with them until my mum was home. But eventually, I rounded the corner, leaving only the last few steps leading up to the floor ahead of me. There was nothing there. I couldn't see anything in the stairwell. I started getting hopeful at this point. Maybe it's okay. Nobody's here. I was just imagining things and it's going to be fine. I'm still taking the slow steps up when it appears. Something's there. I can't actually remember what it was, and I never could after I woke up. But it was horrifying beyond belief, and I would always try to close my eyes because that was my thing as a child. If you can't see it, then it can't see you. But I could still see it. I couldn't blink, I couldn't shut my eyes. It was like my eyelids weren't working. I would even try holding my hands in front of my face, but still I couldn't block it out. I could see through my hands, and I couldn't do anything. I was frozen, unable to do anything except stare at this thing all but a metre away from me. Whatever I saw, whatever I did, for those eight years I was in that house, I had to force myself up the stairs. Day or night, it was horrifying. My mother sighed and tried to reason with me. My father growled at me and called me a coward. And my sister just laughed and said I was retarded. But every time I had to go up those stairs, as soon as I hit the top stairwell, I had to stop and make sure that I could cover my eyes with my hands or that I could shut my eyes. Of course it would terrify me most when I'd go to blink and wave my hand in front of my face and it wouldn't work and I'd realise I was dreaming. New Year's Day, 1995. I was in the middle of third year of university and a bunch of friends had come down to visit me and my roommate for the festivities. We were all pretty hungover from drinking the night before and went out for our usual nice day out, a bit chilly, I don't feel so good post-greasy breakfast hungover stroll around the neighbourhood. 
Two of these friends were twin brothers. One of them we hung out with all the time. The other we had just met for the first time. He was pretty normal the night before, joining in the fun. But on this day, we were all hanging around a local basketball court shooting hoops with an old basketball we'd found in the grass. And this twin brother kept following me around all over the place with the creepiest grin I've ever seen in my life, staring right into the nether regions of my soul the whole time. I'd back away and join the group again, and he'd keep following me around. When we were walking back to the apartment, it was just me and him walking down the sidewalk behind the group, and he moved over in front of me, stared at me with his creepy look again, and fell down to his knees as if to worship me or something. I didn't know what to do. Hey buddy, you alright? We're heading back now, right? And so on and so on, but he wouldn't say anything. He'd just be there on his knees, looking up at me with a clenched face and squinted eyes, as if he were looking directly into the sun. Later that day, my roomie said he was tripping balls, so I thought nothing of it and moved on with my life. A few weeks later, we got a phone call from the twin brother we usually hung out with, and it turned out that his other twin brother went over to his aunt's place with a knife and stabbed her 14 times. She didn't die, thankfully, but, you know, still pretty bad. He had even called the police before going because he knew he was going to do it, but he couldn't stop himself from doing it because, you know, the voices and so on. The ensuing court case was widely covered in the media and this was a relatively small community where the sort of thing doesn't happen on a regular basis. I was reading one of the articles and one of the testimonies was that the twin brother was severely schizophrenic and was hearing voices in his head. He believed to his very bones that his aunt was the devil and that he had been commanded by God to go and kill her. So, who was this God that told him to go and kill her? Well, all the newspaper articles described it was a guy in a group he hung out with on New Year's Day. It didn't take me long to realise he was talking about me. This was 22 years ago, and I know for a fact it was mental illness, but, but just knowing that I had somehow commanded him to go and kill his aunt stays with me to this day. Growing up, I lived in the middle of the woods, no neighbours for about a mile on each side, we owned 60 acres of forest, then a swamp after that. So basically, I lived in the middle of nowhere. One summer, when I was about 14, I was out in the middle of the woods playing with my dog. I am an only child and both my parents were out of town. When I kept feeling something hit my elbow. I'd go to throw Maxie's ball and the bump would make me throw it almost straight up. Assuming it was just me bumping it on trees or something, I ignored it. After the fourth or fifth time of it happening, I thought, well this sucks, I'll just go home. Walking back, I felt uneasy, but I knew I was just freaking myself out because we were alone. About an hour later, Max and I are at home on the couch, and the garage door opens and he starts barking, barking and barking. I hop up to go let in my mum or dad, even though they were home really early. I peered through the people and saw the door was still shut and no one was in the garage. Quieting Max down, I opened the door slowly and called out for my dad. Nothing. No response at all, so I go out to check the door and it's still locked. Okay, sure. Weird, but oh well. Max heard it too, so at least I know I'm not crazy. About 20 minutes later, I hear the door open again and this time Max starts growling like crazy. 
I quiet him down again and just assume it's the wind or something making noise even though by this point my heart is racing. I hear footsteps come up the stairs and think, oh geez, dad really is home this time, and hop up and run to the door. It starts to jiggle so I run faster to let him in. I peep through the hole and even though my hand is loosely around the jiggling handle, there's no one else on the other side of the door. Terrified, I go hide on the couch with all the lights on. Max is still growling. About an hour after that, I start to feel a little better, even though I'm still terrified. Then I hear the door jangle again. This time, it was Max jiggling it. He needed to go outside and the only way outside is through the garage. Fantastic. I literally sprint with him to the kennel and as I'm standing in there I decide to ask this thing questions to make myself feel better because I knew it wouldn't answer me. Thinking about what to ask it, my eyes are drawn to the huge heavy oak door in the kennel. It was always open because it was too heavy for me to move easily. I said, okay ghost, if you're real, you'll shut this heavy door. Nothing. A minute goes by and still nothing. Max is still sniffing around, I turn around to yell at him to hurry up and then from behind me I hear a click. I whipped around and saw the giant door had swung shut and latched. Okay, clearly it was just the wind. It wasn't really windy but it was the wind for sure. Had to be. I proceed. Okay ghost, that was the wind. If you're really real, you'll open the massive door back up. Nothing. I relax a bit and then squat down with my head in on my knees, reminiscing about how lame I just was being scared when I hear a click clack. The door was now wide open. Max was done so we booked it back into the house, locking every door in the house. For the next four hours I would hear the footsteps on the stairs and the door handle jiggling every few minutes, until finally around 11pm my dad walks in and yells at me for wasting electricity. I never told him or my mum about it until about four months later when my dad came in from hunting after dark. He looked shaken and asked him what was wrong. He said he aimed at two deer but missed both completely because it felt as if something was hitting his elbow and making him shoot way above the deer. That's when I told him everything. Our old house was on a corner and in lieu of the backyard had a side yard with a small deck that wrapped around the back. The dining room had a patio doors that led out to the back and we would have barbecues and such back there. When I was about 14, we only had one desktop computer and one laptop for the family. My brother and I would fight over the desktop, that's where Diablo 2 was installed, so I would use the laptop to write music. On one particular night, my brother had a friend over and they were downstairs doing whatever and I was in the dining room table on the laptop. As I was wrapped up in my writing, I didn't pay much attention to my surroundings. I heard a knock on the patio door which startled me. I looked up, expecting my brother or his friend. The basement had a door that led to the back deck as well. Standing at the door and waving was a person wearing a Halloween pig mask. Thinking it was my brother or his friend, I mouthed, good one, and gave the person the finger and they walked away. As soon as they left, I went downstairs to give them shit, and to my surprise and dismay, they were both sitting on the couch playing PlayStation. They swore up and down it wasn't either of them, and there was no way one of them would have time to go downstairs in a mask before going back on the couch. 
to this day, I have no idea who it was that knocked and waved. We were living with my brother-in-law and his two teens when I was pregnant. He had an elevated house on quite a bit of farmer hunting land, several miles down a country road. My husband works 7 till 6 and brother-in-law works offshore for 14 days. While he was at work, his kids stayed with their grandmother. Nice house, but it had a weird vibe. I chalked it up to pregnancy hormones. One day, home alone, I was taking a shower and felt someone staring at me. I stuck my head out and listened. Couldn't hear anyone in the house, so I resumed my shower. A while later, I heard the back door shut. I was standing in the kitchen and could see the door, which had no steps and was six feet from the ground. The door was still locked. I told my husband about it that night and he shrugged it off. He locked down and went to bed. I don't know how long I'd been asleep, but I woke up to the blankets being yanked off the bed and my husband flipping on every light in the house. He threw open every door, every cabinet, looked in every pantry or closet while holding his handgun. I asked what was going on and he swore he heard boots thumping through the house and someone talking. Everything was still locked and it's not a big house. Nobody was there except us. One night, a while later, my niece came into her room. Her dad worked over and we had them for a few days and asked to sleep in the bed with us. Now, the girl isn't scared of anything and she's 14 at the time. I sat up, told my husband to scoot over and patted my pillow. That's when I noticed her 16-year-old brother curled up under a blanket on the floor beside me. Why are you both in a room at 2 in the morning? They didn't want to answer at first, but explained something in my niece's room laughs at night. I hated that room when we moved in and put up any laundry I did quickly in there. I asked my nephew why he was on the floor and he said, She came into my room on the cot to sleep, but something started knocking on the door. We came down here as soon as it stopped. Again, my husband flipped on every light, looked in every nook and every cranny. Nothing. Eventually, we moved out, and the kids decided to live full time with Grandma. My husband said he heard a man laughing in my niece's room, but there was nobody there when he turned the lights on. Scared the shit out of him. We had quite a large house shaped like an L, but the L was cut into the hill, so the L had a downstairs, which was almost underground. It had windows facing out, but a lot was either in the hill or under another floor. I had the room on the bottom part of the L from 13 onwards. My room had two doors, one that opened out to a kind of rumpus room, and one to an ensuite. It was always creepy as fuck, but being a sceptic, I dared anything there to do something to me. Grew up fine, but I could never sleep unless both doors were shut. When my parents went away, I'd break the rules and bring my dog in to sleep on the bed. I woke a few times lately to see her alert and staring at the door of the rumpus room. Occasionally, I could hear her clawing at the screen of the window, but we had dogs, cats, horses and the local bush turkeys, foxes and so on. I figured if something was there that shouldn't have been, my dogs would have gone ballistic. Fast forward five years, bring a new girlfriend to my house to meet my parents, slept in my old room. 
She woke up screaming between 12 and 3am twice out of the three nights we stayed there. I've been with her for five years since, and it's only happened in that room. She won't sleep in the house anymore. My parents let my younger sister move into that room about four years ago. She asked me recently if I had ever heard scratching on the window late at night. Both of the dogs we had, plus the cat and the horses, are all dead. It's been roughly ten years, so the scratching is unlikely to be any pets, unless the local animals are fucking with us. She also said she can't sleep unless both doors are shut, and she'll often put door stops under both doors so she can hear if either of them open. She googled some stuff and decided to sage the room, and said she's had hectic nightmares since and woke up screaming late at night a few times. For reference, she was 14 when the night terrors happened with my girlfriend, so we never told her. As I said, I am a skeptic, but it's still pretty creepy. This summer after I graduated from high school, I left work early and went up to my parents' cabin in North Michigan. Spent that night at the beach watching the sunset. Once the sun went down and it became nearly pitch black, I got to my car and started driving down the highway. After about 10 seconds of being at speed, there was an older car that started riding my ass and flashing its high beams, so I got up to about 60 and a 45. They were still on my ass. I pulled off to the side road that my parents' cabin is off of, and they took the same turn. I thought this seemed weird because there's only about 30-40 houses on the road. So I went all the way to the end, which is usually a dead end but leads to a maintenance area for the golf course nearby. The truck was still following me. At this point I was freaking out because if I had pulled into the house they'd know where we lived and they were still followed close by. I took a ton of random turns and the truck kept following every single turn for about 15 minutes. I finally had a chance to make a turn with traffic going through the intersection. That gave me a few seconds of a head start. Pulled down a side street, went up a hundred yards, turned off all my lights and waited. Truck slowly drove by perpendicular street and kept going. I booked at home, pulled my car around side away from the main road and pulled every curtain in the house. For an 18 year old, I was scared as shit that night. I once worked as a live-in staff member in a college dormitory. During the summer, we housed a few summer school students who remained on campus. It may be significant to point out these students tended towards the highly academic, motivated, oftentimes high-stress students, if quiet. One warm day in late June, my office received a call from a concerned sibling that she and her family were unable to reach her brother who lived by himself in a room on the summer school floor. This wasn't unusual, as her office frequently dealt with students avoiding their parents due to frayed nerves or general social awkwardness. Our normal protocol to check in on a student is to try reach them by our emergency contact information. Failing that, we go check their room to verify they're living in the building and perhaps available then and there, then have them call their family to verify we followed up on the original request. Also, we are to only enter a room with another staff member present to ensure personal safety of staff and students. I failed to reach the student on his room and mobile phone and was working short staff so since I was on my own I decided to pop up to his room and check on him. I arrived in his floor around 2 in the afternoon and the floor seemed deserted as I had expected 
I found his room number and immediately noticed the sound of a movie playing on a TV or computer from behind the door. I knocked three times and announced that I was staff member, checking on his health and safety. There was no answer. I didn't think that this was that remarkable. College students are notorious for leaving electronics running while not in the room. I checked the four showers and bathrooms and I found them deserted. I returned to his door and knocked three more times, waited about 20 seconds between each knock. Still, no answer. This is when my instincts started to buzz. I worked in a residence halls for a number of years as a professional and something about all these pieces of this puzzle weren't adding up. Family concerned about his health and safety, electronics running, someone must have started them recently within the time frame of a movie runtime. Summer school students and their idiosyncratic behaviour. Something wasn't right. I was by myself, so I probably let myself get more worked up than if I was with someone else. A deserted dorm floor, even at two in the afternoon, oftentimes evokes Kubrickron memories of the Overlook Hotel. I decided that for some sense of closure or sanity, I needed the immediate resolution of keying into the student's room, even though I was by myself and not technically supposed to do so. I knocked on the door one more time, for good measure. Again, announced myself as a hall director. I keyed into the room and my spider sense went off even stronger. The room appeared relatively vacant. The student appeared to be living out of a suitcase, which is unusual for someone staying no less than eight weeks for a summer school session. The bedding was tussled like someone had been sleeping in it, and all the lights in the room were on. And as I had suspected, there was an open laptop and a desk running on battery power playing The Matrix but no student. I began to start rationalising to keep me from feeling unsettled. Surely this student and I had crossed paths on my way to his room. I'd never met him before so I wouldn't recognise him otherwise. And perhaps he was just down in the lobby picking up delivery food for a late lunch. Sure, that's it. Then I turned to leave, planning on trying to reach the student later in the afternoon or that night. As I turned to leave, I noticed another odd piece of evidence. The accordion closet doors, which are removed in most rooms due to disuse, particularly single rooms like this, were still in this room, and they were closed. Odd, I couldn't remember the last time I actually saw someone use these cranky, dysfunctional doors. Then my intuition spiked higher than ever. Shit, shit. I realised I was alone in a room with a potentially suicidal student who may, in fact, completely just that and I am about to be that guy who discovers a body and has a shitstorm of paperwork and undesirable tasks, not the least of which would be calling the family back to break the news. I felt like I was talking to myself when my voice cracked as I spoke to the closet doors and announced my name and title and that I would be opening the accordion doors in three seconds. I fumbled with the latch on the doors and finally managed to get them disengaged, and as I slid the doors apart, I was unprepared. I don't know what I was really expecting, a hanging, a gunshot wound. I'll tell you what I didn't expect, a seven foot dark skinned Indian man staring at me embarrassingly as though I had found his secret hangout. We stared at each other for a good 15 seconds without blinking, breathing or speaking. I finally realised what was going on and my natural emotion was disbelief. All I could think to say was, um, are you hiding from me? 
He looked at me and said, Yeah. My heart was still racing. I turned to leave and before I shut the door, I turned back to him and said, Call your sister, she's worried about you. And frankly, I am too. I am fairly small for a guy. I stand at around 5'5", and the most I've ever weighed was around 150 pounds. About six or seven years ago, I didn't have my license despite being far old enough to drive, but a good buddy of mine wanted to hang out. He too did not have a way of transport, so we decided to both walk towards one another and meet in the middle. We would both be walking about five miles. It was 3am on a cold winter night, and I was wearing a black jacket with my hood on. About two miles into my hike along the main road, a car pulled into the parking spot of a home I was passing, just a few feet behind me. He wasn't entirely into the driveway, almost halfway hanging out into the road. I half expected it was just a kind stranger wanting to give me a ride, but I wasn't about to take any rides from anybody. I kept pacing forward and ignored the car behind me, expecting them to roll down a window and shout at me. It didn't happen. The car just sat at the edge of the driveway, running but completely dark inside to the point that I could only barely make out the figure of a large man. I don't typically get frightened by much, but something in the air made me tense up and my heart kind of dropped to my stomach. I stopped and turned to look at the car. I had a feeling that the person driving was watching me intently. The figure in the car was definitely facing me. I could see the reflection from his dash bouncing off of his eyes. I stared back I figured he was about to yell out at me, but he just sat quietly in a strangely menacing way that I have only ever seen scenes in movies play out. I kinda did a wave at the figure, letting him know I saw him and wait for some type of communication in return. He didn't budge, just stared intently. I returned to pacing away, slightly brisker. After just a few moments I could hear the car slowly roll in reverse so I turned to face it, but it kept pacing backwards. The car kept creeping, slowly. I pulled down my hood and stood still again, waiting for him to pass me. But instead the man slowed to a stop behind me. The passenger side window rolled down, and the man and I met eyes. No words were exchanged at all. Before I could even let out a hello, the man grimaced and accelerated away at a decent pace almost as if he was disappointed by what he had seen. It doesn't seem like much from how it reads, but I'll never forget how intense that interaction was for me. I've not felt anything like it since. When I was 10, something real weird happened to my family. We were all asleep, as usual, and I slept in the same room as my brother and my mum with my father and younger brother. In the middle of the night, the safe in my parents' room started going off, as if someone was playing with it. My parents didn't think much about it, went back to bed, and right as they did that, my brother's toys, you know, the ones that had those children's songs, started playing music, without anyone touching it. They were a little freaked out, but it went away after a few minutes, so they went back to bed. However, in the morning, when my mum brought my brother to the shower, he saw a red handprint on his back that was too big to be hers, but too small to be my father's. I saw the handprint, and it looked as though someone had slapped my brother, but nobody did, and he slept quite well. 
My mum called her family and told my grandparents about it. After a few phone calls, we found out that my parental grandma died that night while we were asleep. So her family came up with the explanation that my grandma wanted to see my newborn brother, so she paid us a little visit. My family's a bit superstitious, apparently quite common for South Europeans. I still am unable to explain that, and it still is a little scary to think about to this day. When I was 14, my family and I fell on hard times. We got kicked out of our house and ended up in emergency housing. Basically, we went to a charity who found us a house that we were able to rent for 100 a month, but for only three months. That summer, my mum and stepdad separated temporarily, and my three younger siblings would go to my stepdad's for a week or so, then come back to my mum and me. This house was fucking creepy. It started off with just that feeling, you know, like something isn't quite right, that you might not be the only person in the room. In the day, that's all it was, the feeling that something was up, your instincts pricking at you. I tried to ignore it, but as soon as dusk arrived, shit would start happening. More than once, I could hear the static-filled music playing, but I couldn't find the source. It just filled the halls. I heard whispering and went to my two sisters' room. In the open closet, a pair of eyes looked at me and disappeared. My brother spent one night in the house and didn't come back. In my room, I could never win. On one wall, a mirror, when I flipped over to face the window, I watched tall shadow figures pace in front of it. In my mother's room, the same shadow figures paced in circles around her room. One night, she and I sat up for two hours in our bed watching these shadows. She was strongly religious and didn't know what to make of it. During the time we lived there, there was a lunar eclipse. I had never seen one before and was very excited for it. When I went out to look every time, this terror took over me and I couldn't stay outside. I couldn't explain it. When the moon was fully cloaked, I went outside, looked up, but my head suddenly snapped down into my left. I could see three tall shadows walking in between the tall pine trees in the yard. Panicked, I ran back inside and into my room, flinging myself under the covers with my eyes shut tightly, but listened to the pacing outside my bedroom window. Three months of this, we moved out at the end of summer into a new house. My mum and stepdad got back together and I was with my younger siblings again. We all agreed the house on Acorn Street was fucked up and still get chills when we drive by it, just to see. Thank you all for listening. Remember if you'd like to hear more ambient sounds and stories, be sure to let me know down in the comment section below. With that said, I hope you have a lovely evening or a pleasant sleep. Thank you.